Phase Zero Loki Season 2 bonus episode number two starts right now. Welcome to the show. I'm Brandon Davis, joined tonight by Jamie Jirak. Hello, good evening. Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. And Aaron Perrine. What's going on, BD? You know, I'm just here to talk about some Loki. <laughs> I'm you here to talk about Loki. Uh, welcome back to our live Loki recap after show. We're doing this every Thursday night. Last week's episode was such a huge success. I want to thank everybody who joined us for that. Everybody who listened to it in podcast form, we thank you for that as well. Uh, thank you so much for subscribing to the Phase Zero channel on YouTube. If you're listening to us, watching us right now, great time to hit that button. I'm just saying, smash the thumbs up, smash the subscribe. That's what the YouTubers say, right? Smash that thumbs up button. I'm so sorry. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for the support on that. We're having a, a really good time talking about Loki, and it helps that the show is really good, and we're having fun talking about it that way. Uh, a little rundown on how the show works. So tonight, we're going to start with a little recap of the episode. We're going to go into a breakdown of the episode. We're going to share our reviews, and then we'll share some guesses, some questions that we have. Jenna and I have seen episodes three and four already. Jamie and Aaron both watched episode two tonight for the first time and have not seen episodes three and four. So uh, as that's the show. How are we feeling tonight, everybody? Good. Woohoo! Great. The Ready? comment section's fired up. I love this. I love seeing the comment section flying by. Comment section, let us know where you're watching from, because I feel like we got people all over the world. It's interesting. Everybody's got a different time zone. Uh, and I, I always find it fascinating when we have people who are like, it's like five in the morning. We're still up with you. And I'm like, hell yeah. Thanks for riding. All right. Let's talk about Loki episode two. Brief little recap. You just watched it. If you're listening to us in podcast form, you might have watched it last night or two days ago. So we'll give you a quick little recap of this episode, talk about the purpose of it. If anybody has anything they want to add, please cut me off. Uh, but I'll just I'll just go on my little my detailed rant here. The episode is basically X5 is on the run. They try to track him down because they think that X5 has the key to finding Sylvie. And they know they have to find Sylvie because Loki saw Sylvie in the elevator in episodes one's kind of crazy moment where he got pruned. So he's like, okay, something has to happen here. Some sort of timey-wimey something is going on here because Loki saw Sylvie at the TVA when she very much was not at the TVA at that point. So they're on the hunt for Sylvie. Uh, they get the handbook. Right, they get or they get the temp pad from and give it to OB to fix, and then KC tries to fix it. Mobius and Loki try to fix it. They're looking at the handbook that that uh, OB or Boris wrote. We love getting Kihui Kwan in this show. They come to the conclusion that they need the temporal aura of He Who Remains to access the overrides that Miss Minutes has seemingly stopped working. So that's a question we're going to talk about later. Um, he who remains RIP, how are they going to fix that? I don't know. It's like there's variants of that guy all over the multiverse or something. I was going to say there's a post-credit scene that kind of showed a hundred different options. So yeah. Yeah. If you saw, if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you watched Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, you saw those variants hooting and hollering. And if you watched Loki previews, you know, there is a variant coming up very soon in this show. Uh, a very timely appearance, if you will. So the TVA is bombing the branches, and that's not cool anymore. If you remember, <laughs> this is the complete opposite. It was never cool, let's be honest. We discussed this last week, but yeah. Well, depending which season of Loki you ask, because if you go to season one of Loki episode two, it had the craziest cliffhanger ever that had us thinking the multiverse was born because Sylvie bombed the timeline. Sylvie sent all those 
little pruning bombs to all the timeline, creating all these different timelines in the TV. We were like, oh my gosh, this next episode is going to be crazy. And this episode was the opposite. The the kind of rogue TVA agents decided we're going to go prune these timelines because they're bad. And they still want to protect and have one sacred timeline. And Sylvie's like, no, no, I want all the timelines because I want my timeline where I get to serve patties and I'm living happily ever after the ice cream machine works in this town. So they have a fight. Uh, The fight is a little bit too late and the timelines are being branched. And now it's sad faces of the TVA where they're very much used to be happy faces of the TVA seeing such things. We started last week by talking about just this very topic, whether or not we think pruning timelines is actually like genocide. I'm still, I'm not going to lie. I'm still on the fence. But now that we've spent a little bit of time in the 80s in a different timeline, and like we met the little cashier dude at McDonald's, a lady in an orange shirt. As a South Carolina fan, I could never condone the color <laughs> orange being worn. But, you know, other than that, I was like, wow, we're actually spending time in another universe. Brad Wolf is a movie star. Sylvie is a McDonald's employee. They're both happy as hell. Maybe, maybe the MCU is finally getting into like multiverse stories where we'll care about another universe other than just on a morally obligated level. I, I'm, I'm shocked you're still on the fence about this topic. Like that, that kind of boggles <laughs> my mind a little bit. Um, I'm also now just realizing in real time that like part of the reason why Sylvie's so sad is because of that the teenage kid who worked at McDonald's with her. Cause it's like, I, I, she's probably very sad about him now being dead. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a horrible thing. And I'm glad that this season is addressing it a little bit more. But like, but wait, you know, if is it's he a- dead? what, I mean, because they said that she was on like a variant timeline. And so if that's one of the timelines that they bombed, then he might be. I don't know. Oh, I, I, so she, I assume she just went back. back. Maybe. I don't know. That, but then you like, you raise the whole question of like, does her being there then create a divergent timeline because she wasn't already working there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Time travel, man. Oh no, I've Uh gone cross eyed. I I guess, yeah, I just assume she went back. I I assume she went back too. But if she went to like a different one, okay. I I do get what BD is saying in terms of like, you know, it'd be nice if we had any attachment, but Hunter B-15's reaction is all I need to feel it. She was, that was so sad in that moment. And I think that was enough to be like, yep, billions and billions of people just died. Now I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I want another universe that we care about. I want characters we care about. I want the ultimate universe, you know, equivalent for the MCU. And we just haven't got that. Obviously, I recognize meh, it's probably not right to be out there pruning entire timelines. You can't be doing that out there. But then I'm like, okay, but what if it's at the, you know, when the incursion stuff comes along, if it's our universe or theirs, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, we all know what you're going to, I mean, if you're not, you're lying. This if is what years of Marvel comics have already debated at nauseum. Well, this is what the Illuminati's entire deal was. was I mean, I'll tell you right out. now, if it's another universe, and I don't care, there's a four of us in another universe, and we're like, well, listen, y'all four get to do it, or, you, or the other four get to do it. You push this button, it's you guys. If you don't, they're going to push it. I'm pushing the button. I'm not going to lie to you. Alternate universe, Heath Ledger is thrilled right now. <laughs> well, hey, man, that fairy... I'm- I'm pulling an end to the cabin of the woods and I'm saying, no, I'm not, um, let it all burn. I'm not, I'm not being responsible for this. That's, uh, that's me. I'm not. Guess what? R.I.P. <laughs> y'all, y'all, are, y'all are getting cooked. Y'all are getting cooked. <laughs> by the, by the me from another universe that pushed the damn button. <laughs> Brandon Davis with not a goatee, fully just shaven, bald head. 
big eyebrows, mean. You never know. Kang said, "He who remains said to himself, some of them might be way more evil. Some of them might not be, but, but I bet you, if there's a multiverse, there are versions of us who are pushing that button. So I don't know. I'm telling you, I ain't taking any chances. I'm never. It's the way. It's it's what you know. What it's what Brad Wolf said in this episode is the timeline. Is the TVA? Is any of it even real? They sent that man into a full blown like existential crisis. Yeah, which is, like very funny. Can like, we talk about that device? Oh, oh I, first of all, don't give people any ideas, man. Like, that's not good. I don't want to ever be pushed into a little box or a card or whatever. I don't want to get Psycho Ranger. That would be bad. I don't want to do that. Look that at that. Look crazy. at this image. That looks uncomfortable. I'm I'm not a fan. I, I'm so sorry for that. anyone who has claustrophobia who was watching oh, this episode. Because, like, good Lord. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That is one hell of a torture device. That's one way to get somebody to talk uh the tva man they got some methods they got methods but i'll bet you they got a button and i would push it uh there th the purpose of this episode there seem to be a few actually and i would say of all these episodes i've seen so far this one seems to go the deepest on character development which i would still say is nowhere near as deep as what we saw in the first season of loki but especially for mobius so the purpose of the episode seemed to be really getting the gang back together it was fine sylvie get everybody to the tva you know, set in motion, the end of the first act is that timelines are being pruned. We're fully against that now. and We have a problem to solve. We need uh, a, a, a Kang variant, he who remains variant, to get his temporal aura, to save the TVA, to save this ability to save timelines. So now we get this Mobius story that I really am enjoying that starts to unfold in this. He kind of, it's that Matrix moment, red pill or the blue pill. And Mobius is just like, you know what? I like the way my steak tastes. I like this key lime pie. It might be fake, but it tastes good. I don't care. And I also really enjoy how he opened up about what if it was good? Because that's a really good point. If you left a bad life behind, if you left a terrible life behind, why would that hurt? That wouldn't hurt. You'd be like, you know what? It's like the characters on Lost. You're here, all of a sudden things are better. Why would you go back to it? They all go back to it. Mobius is like, no, I don't want to go back to it. I find that really interesting that he has the, the courage to acknowledge and admit and be so vulnerable to Loki in that scene and say, well, what if it's good? What if it's something good and I left that behind? What if I was taken away from that? I, I find that really interesting. I agree. I I oh, Jamie, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think, I think it's interesting that Loki's first instinct is one if it's bad, and, and then, oh, and mm. then Mobius, what is it good? Because my thought was, well, I was with Mobius, the, the fear of what you're missing out, the FOMO of it, and I think it's interesting that Loki Loki in his heart, he's just, he's a glass half empty kind of boy. He can't help himself. <laughs> I was going to say, cause like Mobius in the comics is uh, one of many clones. Like there are like countless clones of Mobius that exist in the TVA. And so I felt like this was a really nice way to kind of adopt the mentality that they have in the comics of like, this is what we are designed to do. This is our purpose. And like, whatever might exist outside there is not really relevant. So I, I have theories about where that could maybe go and what they could maybe reveal beyond just the obvious like jet ski related stuff. But I just find it cool that they're kind of taking that approach to him. You, you got to wonder if the jet ski is some kind of metaphor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's a jet ski. You think he just loves jet skis? This guy just loves a good lake day? Technically, yeah. it's a brand. This man just goes out there with a cooler. It's very chill. <laughs> He's just out there on the old hickory, just having a, just having a brew and, and riding a jet ski. I don't know if that's legal. I don't think so, but I don't think maybe just one, but <laughs> still don't do it. Don't just do it. one? Just, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's limits. We are covering I, so many topics on these we episodes. Are. I almost <laughs> perished on a jet ski this summer. So, oh, wow. we oh, yeah, yeah, that's we, right. 
we i'm i'm mobius i respect you uh but if you're ever in turks and caicos don't rent a jet ski i'll just say that uh but anyway so yeah okay so that seemed to be the purpose of this episode digging into mobius a bit more setting mobius up for more story to be told i really hope that by the end of this season we do get that reveal and that we get to see who mobius was and he has the the the, the difficult choice of do I go back? I, I think that that seems to be being set up here and getting the gang back together. Sylvie came, she's gone, uh, and she's back in 1982, right? Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. at McDonald's. So it's interesting. It's And I, I, a couple of, well, actually, I'll save the Easter eggs for the Easter eggs part of this. I also want, last thing I want to point out before I let you guys you know, bring up whatever you want about the details of this episode, this was directed by Dan DeLue. He, it's his first time directing, and I think he did a great job directing this. I think the visuals in Loki are fantastic, but I want to shout out the cinematography especially in the 1982 scenes mm-hmm. i don't know if they used a special camera or film or foot but i thought they did a really good job of making it look vintage because the tva already looks vintage everything in the tva already looks like you know this classic the computers the layout the colors the tone all that stuff looks great but when they got to 1982 it felt really uh like it just felt like it was it just had a look about it like the the the, the background being a little bit blurry the the the, the characters having a little bit of just on there i don't know how to describe it but if he i don't know you had that feel just that yeah yeah props to dan delu i'm interviewing him tomorrow and i'm really excited about that if anybody has questions and you're watching live send them my way they'll be on the phase zero youtube channel um but that's all i have to talk about the recap of this episode so if you guys have anything else please feel free I, I just want to say I like the way that this narrative is kind of building upon itself. Like as someone who binge watched the first four episodes and is now watching them weekly and being able to like simmer in it. I think off of what Aaron was saying the other day about just kind of the Star Trek Kobayashi Maru sort of like no win scenario. I like that they're being pushed into this kind of no win scenario of it's either all of these timelines get pruned. What do we deal with the consequences of that? Or do we search for another he who remains variant? And what are the consequences of that? I like that we're kind of having those high stakes. I agree. I also liked in the dialogue, like, yo, Kang or Hero Reigns lives in their minds rent free. How many times has Tom Hiddleston paraphrased something that Jonathan Major said in the finale of the first season in this episode? I counted like four. I was like, oh my goodness, like he's just up there. That's all he could think about. He's like, I did terrible, awful things. I was like, we're just, he just, he, he hasn't stopped thinking about it since this started. So that's really, that's really fascinating to me too, that like he's kind of hovering over everything, even though he hasn't appeared. He's like just in the corner, slightly out of frame. Like, oh yes, by the way, I'm still here to deal with like all these people died, but also many, many more will if I have my way. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't also, I don't know what's going to happen. This is, this is great. I have no clue what's going on anymore. I'm like, I thought we were going to do this this thing with the charges till episode four or something. And nope, episode two, we're done. That's it. Every season of Loki, you get a time charge bomb to end every episode. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the, the big thing about this episode that I loved was I spoke about this a lot in season one. The thing I loved about season one is that it's a romance. And we don't get a lot of MCU romances that are that that's the core and the heart of the story. And so seeing Sylvie and Loki reunite, that that hit me in the feels. I, it was so genuine. The high, it was awkward, <laughs> but it was, the music was so good. I also, I know that there's a lot of people out there who do not like Silky and and, and they ship Loki and Mobius. I'm of the belief 
believe in my head canon that they're a throuple. <laughs> but, so like all the to me, all the Mobius and Loki scenes are still kind of romantic. But in the real canon of the story, we know that it's Loki and Sylvie. I'm I'm I can admit that too. And I really I really like those scenes between them. I think they're well written romantic moments, and I love that we're already back and that they got their reunion. I will say just adding off of that, like I know Nicole, friend of the show, wrote a piece on our site with season one of basically arguing like the silky romance is Loki kind of like feeling some feelings about himself and kind of processing them through his relationship with Sylvie. And I feel like this this season is a good example of that, too, because just especially in this episode, he's kind of being the more reasonable Loki and she's going off and having her own adventures and trying to have her own life. And he's having to deal with that. And yeah, I agree. I think they're handling it really well. Some of the some of the comments are mentioning Natalie Holt. I realized we went the entire first episode without mentioning her. I know. Movie. I just want to make sure we we get her in there too. Because when she hit the flip of the, the theme when they were running <laughs> through the hallway, I was like, oh, uh-oh. Uh -huh. like, let's go. Let's go. She's back. She's amazing. I think about that meme of that guy playing the uh, piano. On yes. The on fire. <laughs> I just imagine like Kevin, it should be just captioned like Kevin Feige. We just need something cosmic and mysterious for the time travel element. And then she's just lighting the burning the house down with some incredible music. The music on Loki is incredible. Um, I, going back to what you said about the, the Kang, like reflections of what Kang said. I really think I, I love how Loki wa is continuing to walk the line of being unsure of whether or not he's a villain, kind of making us unsure of whether or not he's a villain, which then plays into the good cop, bad cop that him and Mobius play with Brad Wolf in there. I was like, wait, Mobius uh, or Loki might actually be going off the deep end here and going off the script and doesn't care. I bought it. I bought it. If I was Brad Wolf, I'm leaking that intel. I'm not going to lie because I thought Loki was just doing his God of Mischief thing. And then when Mobius walked in the room and he's like, see a little bit of mischief. Wow. I, was like, this is <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. Uh, first of all, the reason why Loki is my favorite man in the MCU is because it's my favorite trope of all time which is a man who is the villain starts as a villain but just wants to be a good boy uh, mm -hmm. for example uh sawyer from lost speedy there's a there's an example of a character that i love like that spike from buffy it's my favorite trope for a man and so that brad like throwing it at him and calling him a villain and loki trying to swallow it that scene really hit me hard but i do want to say that no part of me believed that mobius wasn't in on that good cop bad cop because i've seen a million movies in my life and that is just always exactly Exactly how that goes. So even though that that accusing him of being a villain scene hit me, I still knew that's not what was happening. Can we also just mention Brad brought up his mom, and you can tell that really wow. hit him. Like he he went for the jugular in that scene. It was crazy. When he brought up Frigga, uh, uh, that's another throwback to Loki season one too. I mean, obviously it's a Thor the Dark World reference because Loki was you know Loki responsible for Frigga's death, but. It, uh, I remember season one, maybe it was episode one, but it might've been episode two. I think it was one when he had to see that tape with yeah. Mobius. Like, man, mm -hmm. TVA just won't let this man let go of anything. They said, look, we, we caught you in 4K. Literally, they caught him <laughs> in 4K with everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I mean, that's, that's all I got about episode one's recap. I have so many Easter eggs and questions, which I'll save for after the break. But if there's anything else we want to talk about, go ahead. Otherwise, I'm going to send us off to a one-minute break and we'll come back. Uh, all right. All right, guys, great opportunity to hit subscribe to the Phase Zero YouTube channel. Uh, leave a thumbs up, leave a comment. Let us know what you want to talk about for the rest of the episode because we are live and we're doing this every Thursday. Thank you for riding with us. We'll be back in one minute to talk about Easter eggs, questions we have after this episode. I, I actually have a lot of Easter eggs this week. So honestly, let's just get to the break and do this. See you in a moment. <laughs>
welcome back to phase zero where wow we are talking about loki season two episode two this is the easter eggs portion of our episode the part you're all waiting for watch us do this in real time because two of us just watched the show for the first time i only watched this is the only episode i only watched once so far so i was i was scanning this one like hold on what did i miss what did i miss a couple things it seems but like we got a whole rundown here um let me scroll down in the in the in the, in the, okay. I was half expecting you to do the Owen Wilson voice the entire segment. <laughs> There's this movie called called Zaniac. It's a scary one. So the, so let's actually let's start with Zaniac. They go to a movie premiere. We've all been to those, uh, and they're just like this, really. It's except uh, if they're if they're super famous, they're not really out there kissing babies. They usually have a whole bunch of security guards around them. But I bet in the '70s they were. But so there's a, the, the the poster. Um, it looks like it has a Loki variant from season one on it, maybe. So hold on, we have a different picture here. There's a this. We actually we could just talk about this one right now. This is a movie poster that happens at first. So there's a, there's a poster on the wall when Brad Wolf is walking into the venue, and so there's actually photos that in in higher quality than the episode allows you to capture. It's called Phone Ranger. This is a movie called Phone Ranger. And Phone Ranger is a character in Marvel Comics. So this is a nice little nod. I think the same as like Wonder Man being on a movie poster in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but that didn't end up making the cut. Phone Ranger, however, did. And it has the same producer as Zaniac. Because if you look at the, the text on the Zaniac poster, which was outside the same theater, um, it'll show you, I think, Jenna, you wrote something in here about this one, right? I did. Well, so first of all, I want to talk about Phone Ranger because I, that is even weirder than putting Wonder Man in Guardians. Phone Ranger is, is like, hilarious. This is, like putting, this is like putting Big Wheel in an MCU thing. Like, there's no reason to have this character even be acknowledged, and I love it. He, His entire thing, he was created in the mid-80s, his entire thing is protecting telephones just as a domain. And so he just suits up as a, di a giant telephone and fights crime. And then he like almost dies in an assassination attempt and goes to jail. But then Captain America helps get him pardoned. So I loved that because that is just such a stupid, weird thing to include. Doesn't and he also like free an alien race that's stuck inside of a yes. phone line? <laughs> yeah, it's just there's so much weird. Like th this is a deep, deep cut, even deeper than Zaniac. And I love it for that. If it was and 2021, then... we'd all be calling for a Phone Rangers special presentation. <laughs> we'd be fan casting him i'm probably still gonna do that as soon as we <laughs> log off i'm gonna you know, pick some sort of actor um and then yeah you mentioned the production company that makes both of these movies is a uh, goodman productions and martin goodman was the original publisher of timely comics which eventually became marvel um and he also had familial connections to stan lee and kind of was the reason that stan lee got involved with marvel in the first place so that was a cool little nod to the history of marvel i like it i, I googled all the names on this poster just to be safe uh that's the only relevant one that I could find. <laughs> nice find, Jenna. Uh, but I want to talk about the Zaniac variant. Because if you look at the poster, and this this could just be me trying to tinfoil hat it and be like, ha-ha, I found a good Easter egg. But it's not a Zaniac variant. It's just Zaniac, I think. But on one of the posters, you can actually see, I think, a design of the full character. And if you look at it, maybe this is a bit of a stretch. But it looks like the loki hologram one of the variant holograms from season one okay there we go we got it pulled up now so remember season one when they started showing him all the variants of himself i'm saying if you look right here i know if you're listening to us in podcast form you're like i can't see anything i'm in traffic 
I don't know. There are no horns. I saw There's that no as, horns. I There's interpreted no horns. that in season one as like a frost giant. Like I did not see that as anything. Like I can kind of see the similarity, but I think it's really just that they're both big and beefy. I don't think it's anything beyond that. It also kind of just looks like a Hulk too. Yeah, I thought he was Loki Hulk for sure. <laughs> I, I, I watched it when I when I wrote this Easter egg down, I was watching it on like the screeners app that is not in HD. Mm-hmm. And also you have to like sign to agree that you won't even let your dog in the room when you're watching these episodes. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I um, maybe I missed on that one. Whatever. Whatever. Can we talk about Martin Scorsese for a second? <laughs> I, sure. Why not? <laughs> Watch yourself. Watch yeah, it. this is going to be very contentious. This is not. We're an already ad fighting, BD. <laughs> this is not a Killers of the Flower Moon ad. All three and a half hours of it, which I'm excited to see. But Brad Wolf, Brad Wolf, Loki might have taken a shot at Martin Scorsese's Marvel comments in this episode. Brad Wolf says he's making elevated thrillers. Calls it cinema. Is that a shot? Is that, is that, is that, is that self-awareness? Is that Marvel poking fun at the meme of Martin Scorsese within this meta universe of Loki in a different timeline? Jamie has so many thoughts. I can tell. I honestly took it. I thought that they were making fun of the fact that now so much horror, especially with H24 for horror, that they call it elevated horror. Uh And I didn't like that because I was like, we haven't, we're in the seventies. So to call, so to call his movie elevated thriller, I thought it was just making fun of, how we perceive horror now Scorsese didn't even come to my mind I think if they were gonna jab any to get Scorsese it would be funnier than that (laughs) I like the first time around I did not catch this at all I really just saw it as more of a reflection of Brad himself and him trying to like add this extra importance to him having gone off of the mission and become an actor but I can see how you would infer the Scorsese of it all but I don't know if it was intentional or not I have no idea I, I don't think I don't think Marvel is sitting here I don't think they're sitting here trying to take a shot at Scorsese, but I do think it's a fun. There's no way that line of dialogue saying it's cinema exists if it's not in this world where everybody refers to that kind of in reference to the meme about Martin Scorsese talking about whether or not Marvel movies are cinema. I I don't think it's a shot, but I think it's maybe just a shot at the memes and everything. It's a reference to the memes. I don't think it's I don't think it's a fight. I don't think Marvel's throwing any jabs, but I thought it was fun. That was that was the first thing I thought. Number one thing I thought. You can't, could be you another can't one. Could be just word, me. You cannot say the word cinema in one of these things from here and forth to out of time without <laughs> one of us being like, "What's going?" Because that's I have my eyebrows raised too. BD, I was like, "Hmm," but I'm sure they didn't mean it that way. But that's what it's going to get screen capped as on on Twitter or social media or whatever. That's what's going to happen. Uh, it's fun. Who cares? Whatever. Dude. <laughs> Who cares? It's fun, dude. It's not like we can we can joke about each other. Whatever. Uh, I I googled a bunch of the license plates. And a lot of them, maybe this is intentional, maybe it's not. A lot of the license plates come back as like industrial parts. And one of them came back as like a round vacuum, like a Bissell vacuum part. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's intentional. They're just showing they're building a vacuum. Maybe the TVA in 1982 is like stuck in a vacuum. The the prop decorator and prop person who probably came up with those fake license plates is probably so happy right now that you took the initiative and tried to Google that. I did not even think. It's probably just some randomly generated numbers. That's crazy. I've worked at comicbook.com for 10 years. <laughs> Anytime there's a set of numbers or letters on a screen, I have to Google it and try to find out if it's an Easter egg. I can't watch anything and just enjoy it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so but it was, uh, it was 32YZ. 
that that is CA-32YZ. So 32YZ is a vacuum by Bissell. And I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe that's a reference. And I Googled another one. I, I didn't write the number, other one down, but it was like an industrial part for, I don't know, some sort of another vacuum thing. Um, Sylvie is wearing an Egyptian uh, ankh, ankh. I don't know how to pronounce that, which is the the, rep- the the meaning of that is it's a representation of life, which is all she wants. So her earring is just a representation of her wanting life, I think. Uh, she's also carrying the device that He Who Remains had in the Loki season one finale, which I don't know if it they has any more functionality other than being able to project the history that he wants to talk about. Did it have any other functions than that? They call it his Tempad. Oh, that is his Tempad. Yeah. So... So theoretically, she can travel timelines with that. I, I think so. Did she? I Maybe I missed it. Did she when use she, that at the end of the episode? Did, didn't she step back through one of those portals, Jenna? She at did. The, in the final fight, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that. I think that's what's going on. And this episode life. ended with her going through a, a portal, presumably back to 1982. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing it must just be his little bracelet. That he has the prototype randomly without all the limiters and all the weird stuff in it. His is really low tech compared to everybody else's too, which is also strange. I thought maybe, maybe uh, she was just watching over and over the history and studying it because she was second guessing her actions in that season one finale. Who knows? Maybe she's, maybe she's feeling like she made a mistake, but she obviously can't admit it. She's very stubborn. Loki's are very stubborn people. So she's very stubborn in this episode. And she's like, and when Loki says staying is harder, she's like, nah, I don't care. I'm going back to McDonald's. BD, I'm shocked you skipped over the Tony Stark of it all. You have no Oh my God. I skipped over the Tony Stark. Wow. I cackled. Oh my gosh. I was too busy thinking about the new Avengers Tower Lego set that leaked today that I was like, oh, I got my Tony Stark. It does look awesome. I will say that. $525 is going to fly out of my bank account. Never <laughs> uh, Loki made a reference to Avengers. We got to bring this up. I love when they call back on the history of the MCU. He says he tried to, he tried to use the Mind Stone on Tony Stark and it didn't work and he threw him out a window. I feel like this to me, and this is the most expedited growth ever because Loki just watched himself die and all of a sudden he had a full realization of everything he had in his life before it anyway. But I feel like this to me is Loki acknowledging that a little bit too much haste can get you in trouble. Because what happened when he threw Tony Stark out the window? Tony Stark got a new suit. It caught him in the air. Hulk came in. Next time he saw Tony Stark, he was a puny god smashed into the floor and and it was was an L. But also, how many scenes? Think about this. How many scenes did Tony Stark and Loki actually have together? Was that the only scene other than the very end when they point the uh, they point the bow and arrow in his face and everybody surrounds him? I mean, technically, the end of the movie when they're all like in the circle and they're all going to go their separate ways and Loki's like t- like tied up and going to be taken into custody. That's the only other scene I can think of. But it has also been crazy. so long since I've rewatched that movie. So that's crazy that they did not have more scenes together throughout the infinity saga i mean it makes sense one is on asgard and one is on earth but i just think loki and tony stark only have one scene together Mm, missed out weirdly enough i think he's on screen with evans like way more Mm -hmm. he might be on screen with evans more than anybody but chris hemsworth which is funny as all get out because what yeah, there's a there's a Reddit post that came out, I think, around or after Endgame that was like a chart that somebody made of every character yeah. combination that has ever spoken to each other or been in the same room as each other. And it's like there are so many combinations that have not even they don't know each other existed. And that's just always crazy to kind of think about. They were together when they were escaping Avengers Tower very briefly in Endgame. He, somebody said that he fought Loki as Iron Man. Honestly, I'm blanking. 
Well, there's the scene where uh, they for they capture Loki out in like in the Germany and then, and then Cap. You know, last time I was in Germany, that whole scene. But then Thor comes in and steals Loki. So then Iron Man and Loki have to fight over, or Iron Man and Thor have to fight over Loki. So I feel like Loki's are there for that, right? When Iron Man and Loki are fight. Does Mother she, know she, you weareth her drapes? So, yeah. And when Iron Man and Thor are fighting, yes, <laughs> over Loki. Wow, there's so many character names to remember. Uh, I, oh my god, back when Thor was still Shakespearean and he was like, don't, you know, whatever. And then Tony Stark's like, don't touch my stuff. Greatest character. Abby Morgan is in the comments and is like, there are over 12,000 Loki Tony Stark works on AO3. So that did, the fact that they've only shared a couple scenes does not stop the fandom from, <laughs> you know, heightening the relationship. <laughs> 12,000! I, I trust that number. I'm going to look after the show, but I believe that that's probably the number. <laughs> All right, those are all my Easter eggs. Anybody else? Aaron, you caught Easter egg of the year last last week. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't think there's anything else except for the fact that uh, Kyaquan, like the the thing he's carrying, doesn't it look almost exactly like the inhibitor thing that they gave them in the first episode? It looks so similar. Everything is just one big circle, like a beach ball with a drill on it, and whatever Victor Timely had in the in the trailers is the same beach ball with big object on it thing too so i don't know if that he used what it was or if we maybe if by the end he learns how to make it through doing all these different iterations of it i have no idea but i i saw that and i'm trying to think about anything i have to mention because people in the comments have said that sylvie is wearing the same combat boots that she was wearing from season one with her mcdonald's outfit which is probably not their uniform which is also jamie talked to the costume designer for loki and bravo that much polyester this is a barbie situation there's no polyester left yeah. in the western seaboard <laughs> i would like the McDonald's. the mcdonald's they have a McDo they she studied the mcdonald's handbook and uh, went on ebay to try yeah. to find that the 80s costumes couldn't find them so they had to paint fabric Ooh. to recreate the 80s mcdonald's costume i always love stuff like that that's awesome yeah oh and, and your x-men doors too bd that happened again <laughs> just in case it, I, I, I offer still stands. I told Ariel I walk into the ocean if they get revealed. And she's like, I'll be there to shoot it off. Field. It looked more like an X Men door this week than last it week. Really did. Let's be honest about it. That door looked more like an X Men door. It was blue this week. Last week it was straight white, tan, beige. This this week it was it was a little bluer. It had a little more bluish, steely hue to it. <laughs> just saying. I'm just They're saying. just teasing us at this point. Straight up. Straight up. All right, questions after this episode. Miss minutes, scheming maybe? What should she's down? What does that mean? Uh, as somebody who can't answer the questions, Aaron, Jamie, any thoughts on Miss Minutes? Why she's down? Okay. What's going on? Jay, didn't they say that she's with Renslayer? Yeah, or that she's helping so, her. Yeah, they they definitely totally say that. Um, well, no, I think uh, somebody says that they suspect that. Or it seems like, yeah, it seems like this episode confirmed that Miss Minutes is working with Renslayer. And because then they're like, oh, I heard this recording of He Who Remains. They brought that up. So I'm pretty sure that that's, they're all in cahoots. Yeah. When she hands her the temp pad with all the information at the end of season one, she's like, he wants you to know this. And then she's like, who's he? And then we don't get an answer. And then they walk through the door and she beats Owen Wilson up. So I, I'm looking forward to figuring out what is going on here with Miss Minutes and her. Because they can't do it. Also, AI is, is bad for us, friends. They can't work anything in there if freaking OB cannot get to 
like get through it. Miss Miss has all the keys. She has all your passwords. She locked the fridge. She locked the, the garage door. There's nothing works without her apparently in there. We do have Except love for, for uh, we have love for Casey and OB in the comment section. I love that moment with the handbook. Yeah. That like, was very cute. Uh, man, that was great. That was great. I've also I've seen people in the chat say Marvel should just release the TVA handbook. Yeah. Like given the amount of in-universe media we've gotten, that would just be a really cool thing. I would keep that on my coffee table all the time. That'll be fun. That As was, someone who cool. ate key lime pie this weekend, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're gonna do that. Like, let's stop. The last the last big question I have here is where is Renslayer? That was a question I had after watching this episode. Anybody got thoughts? Anybody got Jamie? I feel like she might be with one of the He Who Remains variants, but I don't know. Or in the past with He Who Remains, the one that we've seen already. But I, I feel like she's with some version of him. I think Jamie's, he, she's in the past with them thing, checks out. Like the TVA also, like they be, they be stealing, stealing this Sylvie's whole flow. Like we just hide places where you're not going to look and then do terrible things. And it's like, oh, wow, I'm just going to copy that. I'm going to take that. So it totally makes sense for her to be in the past with Timely or another another variant somewhere, probably in a branch timeline, probably. Can I? Can I, I what? Oh, I want to bring up something that's not that's totally irrelevant to anything. But there are. If if the word is said in Loki, can I say it on phase zero? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So we hear asshole shit and bullshit all on this it's episode. True. Yeah. True. There it is. Like we I didn't know it was gonna word. be a three-peat. Dear God. <laughs> three-peat nugget. They, they say it in the episode. I yeah. we they, we've heard these words in the MCU before, but I felt like this was especially I more than usual. You gotta I be careful. It. We only yeah. have we only have like you know, purely perfect ear holes listening to Phase Zero. That's the first time everybody's ever heard those they've, words. They've Never they've before. They've seen the episode. They've heard it before. <laughs> it's got auto mute for the kiddos. I do agree, though. Those were like more noteworthy than some of the previous expletives in the franchise, which, like, compared to the days of Moon Knight, where we thought, like, oh, did he drop an F bomb in the mirror for like one millisecond if you hear it like correctly? I'd like to, it's nice to be at this point where it is a little more obvious. Captain America, fuck! You know, I, 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 I don't, I, I, you know what? It is true, though. When they do say those words, I do do the. Like I'm like they, they said it. Oh my god, they said bad word. Look at look at Marvel treating us like we're adults so we can hear bad words here. Uh yeah, no, I I I appreciate real language. Let's I mean, I don't know. Me too. We hung out in person. Y'all know I we're together. I'm not talking this as cleanly as I do when we're on, on phase zero. I, I let a few I talk as colorfully as Loki did in this episode, I'd say. Uh it just it, we're humans, but you know when we're when we're when we're online and we're on, you know, we gotta keep keep it friendly, keep it friendly. Peter. Uh, but yeah, that's a good note. That's a good note. Can I talk about something that didn't happen in this episode that I would have loved to see happen? Go for it. Loki could have had the ultimate Easter egg. Oh if you would have played an episode of Wandavision in the background of 1982, <laughs> I would have gone crazy. That would have been brilliant. I feel like the implication of that, that would just be reality folding in on itself if that even could happen. Like, that would be cool, but that would raise way more questions than it would ever answer. As fun as that would be, that it, I don't think that would make sense. Poor no. Eric Voss just shaking right now, <laughs> wherever he is. <laughs> 
every like universe's Wanda at I'm some done. point has Multiverse of Madness happen. Every single one of them has <laughs> it happen to them, no matter what. Man, imagine though, like you're just in the ba- in the break room at McDonald's. You just in the background. There's just there's there's Ralph Boner. <laughs> reminding, reminding us of that bullshit. Oh, we already said it. All right, y'all. Well, on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. We come back. We're gonna review Loki, uh, and then we're gonna get. We'll talk about what we think might happen next week. We've kind of already done that. So, uh, quick one minute break. Make sure you subscribe to the Phase Zero YouTube channel, and we'll see you in just a moment. Welcome to the third act of Phase Zero, Loki Season 2 bonus episode number two. You know, I sat here, I looked at the clock, and I was like, you know, we're doing really well on time. We're kind of running short. And then I was like, wait a second. We didn't start at 10 Eastern. We started at 9.50, so we're right on pace here. Uh, We got a few minutes left here to talk about our review of Loki Season 2, Episode 2. I've said it already. This was my least favorite episode of the first four and that was not because it was a bad episode. That was just because I thought the other three were even better. So that said, I did enjoy this episode tonight. I'll go first. I'll drop my out of 10 ranking. And I, if Jamie can if Jamie can bring herself to score it out of 10, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'm sitting at about a, a 7.6 out of 10 on Loki Season 2, Episode 2. I thought it was it was much slower. I really enjoyed the seeds planted for Mobius's character growth, but the character growth hasn't happened yet. Uh, and I thought it just kind of took its time with a lot of things. It was a good episode. It was just a flat-out good episode. I don't have any criticisms. I, have, I also don't have anything that really blew me away about this episode, save for some of the cinematography that really made the 80s come to life uh, and, and the score and Tom Hiddleston, but that's the same every week. Tom Hiddleston is fantastic. So I'm sitting at like 76 out of 10 on this one, maybe 7.7, but I'm there at the high seven, not quite an eight range. thought this was very good, uh, quite good, but my least favorite of the four and still quite good. Jenna, you're out, you're at the top of the screen. I didn't know we could get that specific with the numbers. Oh, we go from 0.5 what, what, to now just there like... There are no rules. Seriously, yeah. like, this is ridiculous. I, I would say confidently I'm at like a 7.5. I, I do agree with BD. I think that this is the this is the closest thing to a filler episode that we have in the first four. And I think that there there's a lot of stuff that is really brilliantly made and there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens. But I think like it doesn't have as much of the splash as the first episode did. Um, plus also... I know they wouldn't have done it. I know it would have taken extra leaps, but I wish Zaniac was actually Zaniac. I wish he had just turned into the big green monster. Um, so for that alone, I'm like, I'm going to knock it half a point. Marvel always loves to do that. They're like, mm-hmm. here's this character from the comics. Go get a million views, new rock stars. Psych! It don't matter. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think? I think you're muted, though. Muted. Oh, what? Oh, yay! I'm back! Hooray! They can't silence me. Uh, 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I really enjoyed the police procedural of it all. 
long time mm-hmm. as your own with sisters know i uh grew up on watching a lot of law and order svu and the like behind my mother so yeah them just doing the weird good cop bad cop the weird low angle shots while they're trying to break brad uh i was like okay all right i'm i'm digging this in fact as much as i like saint sophia back like sophie back with them like i'm like i could have done a whole episode of the weird loki and mobius variety hour solving mysteries like where they try to save oh man wow she was bombing the timeline it was old mr johnson so <laughs> looking forward to episode three looking forward to episode four but i i enjoyed that quite a bit like i i'm a sucker i am now scared that the rest of it is not going to have enough of tom hiddleston and Owen wilson together at the same time in it i'm now a little little nervous Talos and Nick Fury were going to give Mobius and Loki a run for their money with best relationship in the MCU. And then they said, psych, he gone. But uh, <laughs> don't tell, you, you said you like the procedural elements. You want a buddy I, cop, you know, yeah. we, don't tell that to the Daredevil writers. I know. That's why it's so funny. I'm like, for the rest of y'all, I do not want it to take four episodes to get the suit. But for me, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? What, what's up? <laughs> tell me more. Peter in the comment section gave it a 13.78 out of 18.17. Wow. We, we Everybody hate Yeah, why does everybody hate on me for the 10 scale? It's not the comicbook.com way. It's well, also not the letterboxed way. Three so. out of four just gave it 7.5 to 7.6 out of 10. But Jamie, go ahead. Be different. Be different. I'm not different. You're different. I'm doing no, it the right no, way. No, no. One of us is different tonight. Great. Well, I'm going to double uh, your score and count it out of 10. Whatever. Um, I, it, just like last week, it's the same for me, which is a four out of five. And uh, because it's Eight very different. And I really liked, I really liked, first of all, we didn't talk too much about how we got a lot of classic Loki, a lot mm-hmm. of classic, the horns and the shadows and him pulling all of his tricks in the beginning. I love that so much. I loved all the scenes with Brad. I loved the reunion. I, uh, none of this was better or worse to me than last week, though. So there, it's another... Four out of five. For me, I think the biggest difference was last week felt like it had a lot more tension throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. It felt really like the clock was ticking and there was a whole bunch that had to happen. And even though it took me like three watches to fully understand what happened, I, I got it and I thought it really worked really well. This one felt a little like the stakes weren't quite as, as as big. It was just fine, Sylvie. Hurry up, fine, Sylvie. And the clock ticking wasn't as present, even though there certainly is a ticking clock and it ain't Miss Minutes, or is it, at the TVA. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we're all in a very similar place. We range from 7.5 to 8 out of 10. <laughs> Zach in the comments sent, says that he rates it three jet skis out of five temp pads. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Because it's still out of five. So yeah. I like that. That's, that's, a good that's a good score. Well, uh, I, I don't really know. I haven't seen the preview for next week. I don't know if they release one because I immediately just jump in here and get ready for this show. I don't think any of us have seen anything yet. I don't know what the it's so interesting because we just had such a long debate on yesterday's show our regular wednesday episode <laughs> of phase zero about normal tv productions and all that stuff usually you'd get an episode of television and then you'd have to stick through and you'd see tune in next week and you get like 30 seconds but like 12 of those seconds would just be a bunch of big words on the screen the massive finale event and you'd be like oh my god just show me what's gonna happen but i don't know if we get that for loki either way episode three is on the way it is my third favorite episode of the four. <laughs> if anybody cares, if that helps your excitement. But I liked all four, so really, I don't even know if it says very much. Uh, anybody want to say anything about their expectations, hopes, dreams for episode three? 
Some of the comments want to ask, does everybody trust OB? Because we all love him, but he seems slightly untrustworthy. And that's what some of them asked earlier. So I How felt dare like they? Not I can't handle such a betrayal. No. As, as, much as, never. as fun as it would be to see Key play a villain, this is not the context for that. Oh, no. He's, he's too precious. No. I already have trust issues, man. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do it. Please don't do it. No, I don't. I I think I think Ob is going to end up having a really tragic backstory. I think we're going to find out something about Ob uh, that's going to be probably pretty sad because he is so cheery. He's so happy to be doing all that. I think we're going to learn something that's going to be uh, pretty sad. That's what I think. Yeah. And that's good. I don't know. I don't know if I'd rather feel that and, and feel Ob's tragedy. Or be hurt by him so he doesn't have to hurt. Tragedy. Let him Tragedy. have a horrible, sad, sad life. <laughs> yes. Somebody clip it. Jamie's, <laughs> Jamie just, you know what Jamie just did? She just pushed the button. She just pushed the button. She said, I can feel the pain or he could feel the pain. Let him feel the pain. Oh, wow. But also, if he was a villain, he probably already did feel pain that made him into a villain. So at least in this case, he has a tragic backstory, but he's not evil. Mm -mm -mm. So. Moral of the story is you're saving your own universe and you know it. No, because it's still painful for me if Obi's in pain, but I'm mad if he's a villain. That's different. But if he betrays you. Yeah. That's not right. the same as anyway, the We're not betraying anybody here on Phase Zero. We love our audience. We love everybody who watches us. Subscribe to the channel if you can. Send it to a friend. Uh, tell your mom to watch next week. It, it, you know, everybody's welcome. We're trying to grow the show. Also, just call your mom, tell her, you know, say hey, say, uh, say hey, mom, you're doing great. We love you. Uh, it'll make it'll make her day. So do that. Just do something nice to somebody. Uh, that's our show today, Jamie. Any last words for Loki season two bonus episode number two? Yeah, um, follow me on TikTok at Jamie Jurak. I'm not doing Loki reactions because I'm saving all my juice for Phase Zero, but I am doing Frasier reactions. <laughs> the new Frasier re reboot dropped today, and I have a lot of feelings. Cheers is my favorite sitcom of all time. I love it very much, and so uh, I've got a lot of lot of thoughts and feelings that you can view on my TikTok about Frasier. Oh boy. <laughs> I love it. Aaron, good luck following that. I, I really can't. Uh, it's absolutely like <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I, I need Peter to go ahead and cut this episode with uh, dolphin noises with Jamie's <laughs> expletives. That's what I want. <laughs> Jenna. It's at Hey It's Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics. Go read some Zaniac comics because they are very wild and this only scratched the surface of how wild he is. And go read Phone Ranger comics. I cannot believe <laughs> that is a sentence Ranger. I get to say out loud. Go do your Loki homework and read Phone Ranger. <laughs> what if Loki is Phone Ranger? Watch him <laughs> I did see someone alien. comment, what if Phone Ranger was on the phone in episode one? So. <gasps> oh! oh. <laughs> Oh, might be, might be, might be. Did we just get a new theory? All right, y'all. What a great way to end the show. Thank you so much for everybody who watches with us. We will be doing this for the next four weeks. We got four more weeks of Loki season two. Very exciting. And at the end of that, the very next day, we're going to have the Marvel's fina uh, finale. It's a, it's a premiere and a finale with the Marvel's. That's a movie. And uh, bonus episodes are, we're live uh, every Wednesday for our regular show. We have four more Loki bonus episodes, the Marvel's bonus episode on November 10th, and possibly a Lego bonus episode if that ends up seeming like something that's worthwhile once we see it and decide. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Subscribe to the channel. Hit me up at Brandon Davis Media for some reason you want to talk more. See you next week.